0: Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined by Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader, Brad Henderson. We're talking baseball in the program today. The Rebels begin SEC play tonight at six in Alabama, if we don't all get blown away before then. Brad, what's going on, man?
1: Man, just trying to dodge this storm again. One week later, here we go again, huh?
0: Tell you what, it's just it's it's rough out there, and it's going to get uh, rougher in our area here. Now you know I, I've been watching this for a couple of days now. I was scheduled to uh, drive over, wanted to drive over and see some of those games, particularly uh, with Thursday with them starting on Thursday. Now I started looking at the severe weather and figured I better just hunker down. And I know as we. Uh, As we produce the show right now, I know the wheels are turning and they're talking about what they want to do with this series. There's the possibility they'll play a doubleheader on Friday. Uh, Right now it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday deal. I asked uh, Mike Bianco during the week, Brad, about um, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday setup in SEC play. And it used to be that um, if you were in a series like this from the conference, uh, you had to complete it. In three days, uh, you couldn't like oh because of bad weather say we're going to play on Sunday, because that was deemed a competitive advantage. You know, as all these teams are trying to get in as many games as they can. But there seems to be some uh, some play in that now, and and uh, and Mike wasn't exactly clear on that. I think the the preference and the goal is to get all the games in uh, by Saturday, uh, but he wasn't uh, certain that a game in this series would not be played on Sunday. So, anyway, something to keep an eye on if they get to play – if they play a a doubleheader on Friday, if that's how this thing ends up, uh, then I'm sure they'll get that third game in on Saturday. And, you know, uh, a Sunday game will probably end up being a non-issue. But uh, it was interesting that 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 was out there. Uh, Brad, what's going on, man, with uh, with Alpha Insurance?
1: Man, it's – I guess this morning I've already had a guy come in and we went over his boat policy. So I guess it's that time of year, you know, with the uh, with the warmer weather coming and, and the fish starting to bite and spawn and everything else. And so uh, we can throw that out there today, Paris, that, uh, you know, uh, if you have a boat, get it insured, you know, and uh, talk to your agent about all your coverages, because. You know, whether it be the troller motor or the equipment, uh, there's so many other accessories associated with a boat that people don't talk about. That, uh, as you well know, that, that are really expensive, you know, not just the boat and the motor, but uh, you, you can rack up a lot of money in rides and reels and uh, tackle and uh, troller motors. And so, just
0: we're kind of focused on boat policies right now because it's just taking that time of year, Parish. Well, I'll tell you, you know, you can get some really good uh, coverage uh, on your automobile, comprehensive coverage. It'll just like take you bumper to bumper and and, and do everything. Uh, is a boat policy the same way? Is a It works the policy- same way. Yeah, it does. It works the same way. Uh,
1: and so, you know, our thing is with so many times we'll look at these policies that we've had in the past and, and just the coverages aren't right, you know, as far as uh, – and really, it's just the accessory stuff. I mean, you you know what your boat's worth. You know what your motor's worth. But uh, a lot of times, th- these people don't understand that they may not have coverage in a certain area that they need coverage in. And it's just good to go over it and, and do that review on it, just to make sure everything lines up uh, with what you have.
0: Well, tell people how to reach you, Brad, if they uh, need the boats covered or anything else.
1: Well, I'm at uh, 662-236-1575 here in Oxford. and uh, Or if you're in the area, I love when people just stop by and chat. So we're at 2690 West Oxford Loop, uh, Suite 144, which is right behind Old Navy and Home Goods off West
0: Oxford Loop. All right. Hey, folks, we'd also like to thank our partners, the Oxford Park Commission, OPC, is looking for lifeguards for the city pool for the summer. The season starts Memorial Day weekend, and runs through Labor Day. Candidates must be at least 16 and have a current lifeguard certification. Contact Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler at jamie at oxfordparkcommission.com. If you have questions, that's j-a-m-i-e at oxfordparkcommission.com. Or you can apply online at oxfordms.net. John Davis earlier in the week was telling us uh, they've got a lot of applicants in. And they're looking for more. So Uh, Good things going on there at OPC. Uh, Brad, Alabama coming in this weekend. Uh, When when I look at the SEC, Ole Miss is starting off here not with the elite teams, not with the teams that are projected to be the best in the conference. Certainly uh, they'll get there uh, with Florida and Vanderbilt, both on the schedule from the east. But they start off with Auburn, and they get a sweep there. They go to Alabama. Again, good teams that are not projected finish the highest uh, in the conference. But uh, what do you make of, of this Alabama team right now? Good weekend for them at Arkansas, a big win, 16-1 to 1 in game one, uh, competitive in games two and three, but uh, Arkansas won those games. So what what do you make of, uh, of the Crimson Tide right now?
1: Well, I, I think you're right, Parrish. I, I think uh, th- they're going to be good. Uh, I don't think they're going to wow you. You know, they're hitting 268 as a team. Now, they have hit 26 home runs, and that, that park is uh, susceptible to giving up home runs. And uh, so – but, you know, it, when you get to these weekends, it's all about that starting pitching. And if you look at uh, Tyler Rass, who we'll see tonight, and then Dylan uh, Smith and Gene Antoine – The the numbers are pretty good, Uh, 3.12 ERA, 2.70 ERA, 1.52 ERA. So it's just going to be a matter of can we get to those guys. Uh, I still expect, uh, you know, Fridays in the SEC are typically low scoring, and I would expect that tonight with Gunner going. Um, But, you know, it's all about starting pitching to me. Uh, If if you get good starting pitching and you can hang around, then anybody can beat anybody. But uh, do do I think Alabama is gettable? You bet I do. I think this is a good opportunity for Ole Miss. Uh, clearly, their, their their mindsets go in and, and try and win the series on the road. Um, and anything other than that would be gravy, you know. But I, it's hard to ever talk sweet on the road. Um, but I think if if they go in there and win two out of three, that that's a really good weekend.
0: Well, it it is, and. Yeah, it is hard to talk sweep because we know these teams can pick you off. And I look back at uh, at the Auburn series last weekend, and a couple of plays turn out differently, and Auburn takes two of those games. You know, they Ole Miss won one to nothing, and then six to five. So uh, it's not like these teams are are, are incompetent or anything. and they they can get you. They're they're, they're good teams. Uh, I look at Alabama right now, coming off that five to four. Lost to Southern Miss, and in Southern Miss, we know is is uh, strong is strong this year. Uh, projected to be uh, one of the top teams in conference USA, they're at thirty nine in the RPI right now. I, I see Ole Miss jumped up to sixteen in the RPI after the Auburn sweep, and and, and Auburn by playing Ole Miss moved from one thirteen to eighty nine. I mean, you know, so it just yeah, you know, a lot of fluctuation in those numbers right now. But uh, the RPI, the Quadrant One wins, those are things that. Uh, that everybody keeps an eye on for that NCAA tournament positioning. And uh, Alabama lost at home to Southern Miss uh, this week, I believe Tuesday night, uh, 5-4. to So they're coming off uh, that game there. Looks like, and I know coaches don't, you know, statistically coaches don't always look at the numbers like we do or, or they look at so many different things. But it is interesting that Brad Bohannon right now seems to be, you mentioned the ERAs, Brad Bohannon seems to be going from his uh, highest – well, he's going from his highest DRA in the first game to his lowest uh, in the third game, and, and that's a little bit different. You don't see uh, coaches managing their pitchers like that a lot. Typically, you know, they're going with those that, that top guy. But uh, anyway, that's just the numbers. I'm sure he's looking at other things.
1: Yeah. You know, but you still look at, at who's starting tonight, Tyler Ross, you know – opponents are hitting 206 against him. And uh, I'm going to assume that that this Alabama ball club may be similar to Ole Miss in that, you know, going into the year, I think all three of those guys, Nikhazy, Hoagland, and, and, and Derek Diamond, are interchangeable. You know, I don't know where you really fall off uh, other than Derek just being a year – Behind those guys, age wise, you know, and experience wise. But, you know, on any given day, one, any of those three uh, can be really, really dominant. Um, so I, I'm, a, you know, I, I'm guessing that, that Alabama is probably the same way that those guys are, are just as talented because the numbers are eerily similar. Yeah, they're and, close, uh, you know. And so
0: it, it's going to be a challenge. I, I, I look for them. It, the numbers are really good on that staff. It does look like Gene, the left-hander, is uh, has walked a few. Uh, that that could be uh, an issue with him. Might be something Ole Miss could uh, take advantage of in Game Three. You know, we've heard Mike Bianco stress the importance of uh, getting on base, and and uh, even with walks. And and I think uh, Ole Miss has done that probably better this year uh, than they did last year. McKezy coming back, he'll go in that Game Two spot uh, on Friday. Uh, What do you expect to see from him, Brad, coming back from uh, what was described to us as a soreness and a muscle in his lower chest area wasn't going to uh, require surgery? It was just something, a weight room accident. Uh, What what do you think uh, we see from uh, Doug in his first game back?
1: Well, I I think as far as uh, just the physical aspect of it, I I think he's 100%. um, the morale of the team will be at an elevated, you know, just, just to see him run back out there. Uh, my only concern is going to be that because he hasn't seen live hitters and been in live game situations for uh, several weeks now, how long can he go, you know, the, the endurance factor. Now, I know he's he, he's been doing running and, and bike, bike riding and, and all that, but it's just not the same as going out there and exerting max energy for six or seven innings. If he can give us that, great. Uh, but but it's different. And that arm will get a little tired and those legs are going to get a little tired. So I'm anxious to see how deep he can actually go. Now, obviously, it, we get trophy back as well, so you feel a little bit better. And also, you, you know you can go to Drew McDaniel at any time if Doug gets in trouble early. I mean, clearly he's shown uh, – in his limited number of weekend starts to be effective. So I think it's a luxury Ole Miss has. And obviously they would love for Doug to run out there and get him six or seven strong innings and get to the back end of that bullpen. But uh, I think he'll be good. I'm just curious to see how, how, how deep he can go there. I'll
0: tell you what, I go back to that first weekend, Brad, that uh, the big uh, three wins there out in Arlington. And, and it just looked like, man, this bullpen and, and, uh, it just looks so deep, and everybody you know, was productive uh, at different levels. Um, and the last couple of weeks, I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, that they got some issues here. That there, there are some consistency issues, uh, experience uh, injuries you know, had, had come with uh, Chofi being uh, unavailable. All of a sudden now, they look really uh, potentially a lot deeper for this series. I like the idea of Drew McDaniel being available uh, for uh, SEC weekends, uh, and, and that may be a role for him coming on because uh, as Mike was talking with us during the week, he's kind of uh, preparing for what you're talking about with McCase uh, with maybe a little fatigue earlier, with maybe him not being able to go as deep as we have seen him go before, and he's kind of uh, honing in on Drew McDaniel as a guy who can come in and not give him just one inning, uh, a guy who can give him some length, pitch some starter innings, if necessary, out of the bullpen. But to have a guy who could come in and be for, be effective maybe for two times through that Alabama lineup, <clears throat> I think that's what he's hoping that uh, he'll get from McDaniel if he needs that. Chophy coming back, uh, we, we talked about uh, Nikhazy, uh the strength, uh, the conditioning. How those things will play in for him, I think that's going to play in more. <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, with Max and his return, because he's coming off surgery, and and that's a little different than coming off a pulled muscle. Uh, I know that uh, Mike was talking about maybe uh, getting an inning here or there uh, from Max over the weekend. What what do you think uh, uh, he's dealing with and coming back from surgery?
1: Well, obviously that meniscus is going to be. Uh, they're not going to run him out there knowing he's not full strength. But just just the uh, you know the rehab on it, and, and just it'd be the first time that he's really tweaked and torqued it. You know when he gets out there on the mound. And but you know Mike said in the post game the other day, and this is one of those. Uh, this is what you learn from COVID. You knew it was going to be a learning year, and there was going to be some things here and there where we we're going to have to shuffle. But and I had never really thought about it from from a pitching perspective or a pitching coach's perspective but that whole bullpen as a whole but because so many guys came back uh, to take advantage of that extra COVID year you look up like the other night Forsyth had only thrown three and a third innings all year and it's because he was trying to get so many guys in the game get them innings keep them sharp that it's probably cost them some effective innings And so he mentioned the other night really honing in and getting to that core group of guys in the bullpen. So, obviously, some of the guys in that bullpen aren't going to pitch much very more, you know, unless it's a game that's gotten away from us or or we've got a huge lead on somebody. But I think he's going to get back to that core five, six, seven guys in that bullpen. Uh, And, of course, you have the limited numbers on SEC weekends anyway as far as roster goes. But he's going to get back to those four, five, six, seven guys, core bullpen guys, and give them the majority of the innings, so they can once you know get in that rhythm and stay in that rhythm the rest of the season.
0: Ole Miss coming off a five to two win over Central Arkansas on Tuesday, three home runs, Brad some power that was good to see. Uh, Tim Elko, uh, Hayden Dunhurst, who some are, one of the who else one of the person had a home run. Gonzalez. Gonzalez, yeah, three in the game. Bottom of the order, like spots uh, seven, eight, nine. I think we're zero for thirteen. What uh, What do you make of this team offensively right now as they get into uh, the Alabama series?
1: Well, I, I think they're when they're good, they're really good because they're getting production one through nine. Uh, when they get a little top heavy with uh, you know with, with with Dunhurst, Graham, Elko, and those guys are having to carry us. Uh, we're 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 not near as effective, uh, and, and we've shown signs of both. Uh, I thought last week, obviously, Friday night was a pitcher's duel, which it typically is in the SEC. And then I thought one through nine, Saturday and Sunday, we were really really good, uh, double digit hits. Obviously, we pounded out 19 runs on on uh, on Sunday. You know, we had 10 or 12 hits on Saturday, just couldn't get that big hit to put it away. Uh, but no, I, I you know, and, and Tuesday. Mike played a lot of guys that that hadn't had a lot of bats, you know, a lot of the bats. Uh, Lapasser started at catcher, um, you know, giving some guys some opportunities to to get some swings. But, you know, when, when we go back to uh, Chattanooga in the lineup, obviously this weekend, he didn't play Tuesday. Um, you know, I, I think it's good. Uh, McCants has shown he can swing it. I think Calvin Harris is going to factor in there this weekend again. Um, you know, and, and when you get When you get a little bit of production from John Rice-Palmy, you know, then you're clicking on all cylinders. And, uh, you know, but obviously the core, Tim and and Kevin, need to have a big weekend again, and Dunhurst needs to keep swinging it. But uh, you saw bench again start to get hot again. He had three hits the other night. It's three for three with a walk. You know, if you can just sprinkle in a little bit of offense in the bottom of that lineup on an SEC weekend consistently, you give yourself a chance just because our staff is so good, those three starters.
0: Yeah. And, and I think Plumlee that you mentioned is an interesting piece. Now um, he's seemed to be pretty dependable, reliable in, in late innings, certainly defensively. And, you know, I, I know he didn't, uh, didn't hit, didn't get a hit uh, the other night against central Arkansas, but you know, he's improved offensively as well. And, and certainly he just looks like a, you know, like a spark when he's in there. Yeah. He's done that a couple of times. So it's been good to see him come around and uh, you, you're right. Uh they, they were more consistent, I thought, uh, bottom of the order over the weekend. Did extend the lead better, extended it on, uh, on Sunday. So uh, we'll see what uh, Ole Miss can, can get in the uh, series at Alabama. What did you make of, of Alabama when, when you were playing, uh, Brad? You know, they have the sense of football school, uh, like they've never put uh, a lot of uh, emphasis on baseball. Uh, that seems to have changed uh, recently with the, you know, the stadium upgrades and and uh, well, basically new stadium. They just kind of started over there, but uh, seems to be a little more interest there. Uh, what what do you make of Alabama as a baseball program?
1: Well, you know, when back when I played in the late '90s, Alabama was a really good baseball program. Uh, Jim Wells was there at the time and. Uh, I, I know they went to the World Series once, if not twice, when I was in college. They had uh, SEC Player of the Year one year and Roberto Vaz. Uh, you know, they had an a outfielder, GW Keller. They had a shortstop, Andy Phillips, who got to the big leagues with the Yankees. Uh, they were really good, Parrish, uh, back then. And, uh, you know, it, it, for school like that, it kind of goes in cycles, and they hadn't really gotten back to that consistency. Uh, but I think Brian Bohannon done a ph- phenomenal job since he's been there. Uh, the talent level's gone up. But, you know, it's hard. They're not going to want to be called a football school right now considering uh, how the basketball team's played, you know, the Sweet 16. But, uh, no, I mean, it, it's the SEC players. They've got SEC players. Um, you know, when, 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 when you look at it on paper – Right now, as far as the second weekend of conference, I, I would throw them in that middle tier. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to be better than the, the Missouris, the Kentuckys of the world. Uh, they're probably not as good as the Vanderbilts of the world. But, uh, you know, it just takes one good weekend to get you off and rolling. And uh, but, but the talent is there. But, uh, I, you know, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, they're gettable. You know, I think this is an opportunity for Ole Miss to, to go in there and win the series. And I, I truly think they'll be disappointed if they don't.
0: I do think uh, you're right, though. We, we talk consistency on so many fronts. But, uh, yeah, I, I know the history of this program. I remember those Jim Wells teams. Uh, they were good teams. Uh, but for whatever reason, it just, you know, the, the culture of baseball just never really seemed to stick in Tuscaloosa. And it's easy to think, well, football, and everybody's thinking football over there. But uh, for, for whatever reason, it's, it took them a while to get to uh, uh, the, the uh, elite stadium level. That, it took a while. A lot of uh, other SEC programs had, had already gotten that, and for whatever reason, it just, uh, you know, they just don't seem to stick in that baseball conversation. But uh, obviously, uh, uh, they're players, and uh, they are competitive, and they showed that uh, against uh, Arkansas – last weekend. So, folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. Be sure to check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things there. Folks, thanks for being with us. Come back and join us tomorrow.